0: The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio, supported by Fuller's London Pride. Official beer of Premiership Rugby.
1: Support with Pride. Hello, welcome to the Evening Standards Rugby Podcast, supported by Fuller's London Pride. I'm Lawrence Delalio, and we are live here at the Stoop at Twickenham. Hello to our lovely audience here in the North Village. As usual, I'm joined by my wonderful and glamorous co-host, Sarah Elgin. Hi, Sarah.
3: Hi, Lawrence.
1: And from the Evening Standard, it's Steve Cording. Hi, Lawrence. We've also got a great lineup of guests who'll be joining us throughout the podcast, kicking off with Alex Dombran. Alex, hi. Hi, Lawrence.
3: Okay, we've got plenty to talk about, guys, tonight. It's been another difficult week, hasn't it, for English Rugby, with the news that Wasps has been suspended from the Premiership, and we will come on to that a little bit later. But first of all, gentlemen, let's get your reaction to the game against Leicester that we've just seen.
1: Alex, from your side, it wasn't pretty viewing right from the start, was it, really? yeah it was it was a tough game um
4: i think leicester coming off the back of a of a couple of losses we're always going to be looking for a bit of a response against quinn's and and they did that today i thought they were outstanding and and probably a frustrating afternoon for us just didn't quite click
3: yeah steve we'll get on to quinn's now but it was a real impressive 80 minutes especially away from home for for the reigning champions
4: yeah I've been
5: slightly critical of Steve Borthwick and his team selection but I think he got it spot on today I mean that red wall was just impenetrable their their defense was superb and they just never really gave Quinns any chance I'll be interested to see the stats on the line breaks but wasn't really many and at the end they were just resorting to chipping the ball over the top to try and get through which was um yeah champion performance by Leicester
3: yeah, Lawrence was talking um on BT pre match and he was saying how, you know, the balance of both back rows were good and it was gonna be a real battle and it and it was a battle. Um you're up against a pretty good Leicester back row combo today.
4: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, the their back row is phenomenal. I think Tommy Raphael's having having the last couple of seasons of, of his life really um and that battle of the breakdown so key. I think you get a slight upper hand in there. You can really control the game from there and I think Leicester did that today and obviously got their rewards from that.
1: Talking about back rows, uh, Alex, um, I suppose we should have an update, an injury update from yourself. What, what you could tell us um, and when we might see you back in a Quinns or, or hopefully in England shirt.
4: Yeah, no, hopefully a couple of weeks. So we've got London, <laughs> yeah, so we've got, uh, London Irish here in a couple of weeks. So hopefully uh, be fit for that game.
3: Good. and I know you're desperate to get back in, a, in an England jersey as well but I feel like I want to talk to you about your time in Wales given that I'm Welsh I don't know if you've noticed Yeah you are answer. the only Welsh girl yeah. in this village um, so yeah you, repre- <laughs> you represented Wales under 20s never an option for you to put the red shirt on?
4: Um, no unfortunately not, um, I've got no Welsh in me, um, it was just so happened that I went to university in Wales and, and that option came up, England under 20s didn't sort of Give me that option and, and Wales under 20s did and I thought to, to be able to play international level albeit at age grade was something that I, could really help me in my development. Did you have to learn any Welsh before you played? Uh yeah I can count to five. Ean, die, tree, pedwar, pimp.
1: Not bad. That, that
3: is really <laughs> <laughs> impressive. How is that? Can you, what do you mean how is that?
1: No. Can
3: you count to five in Welsh? No, 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 no you can't count to five in English. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's harsh. Alex um you haven't come through the academy, you didn't have that traditional route, as you've said, you went to university. So I guess a bit of a late developer in that sense, in terms of rugby. Has it allowed you to approach the game or approach your club and international career slightly differently? I mean, because a lot of players, right from day one, they're in the academy and they're not really getting to maybe see the outside world in the same way as you have it.
4: Yeah, no, definitely. I've, I've, I've spoken about it before. I'm quite proud of, of the route I went down, um, not the conventional route, if you like, but... I think that's probably given me the freedom of playing and just enjoying my rugby. I think going from school to university and just enjoying playing with your mates and having that aspect of it has really helped me come into the professional game and just focus on enjoying it and, and having that sort of freedom, I guess, to sort of just go out and, and enjoy it, really.
3: Life experience.
4: Yeah, well, definitely. definitely
3: You've had plenty a few of things. That.
1: <laughs> well, well, listen, we, we talk about the need for team spirit within any group. Obviously, the boys won't be celebrating anything tonight because that's the way it goes. When you win, you have a good night out. Maybe when you lose, you certainly don't. But, I mean, there is a togetherness here. It's, been a, it's a very special group. Can you give us an insight into uh, some of the stuff you might do socially? I mean, it doesn't always involve alcohol. You, you could go out and have fun and games. or you know, What is it you, you guys get up to?
4: Something that we're really hot on at Quinns is is building those relationships off the pitch and, and even just so sort of like every few weeks we have a coffee and we get some cakes come into the club and we all just, it might sound like stupid but we just sit down for half an hour, 45 minutes, everyone has a coffee, has a cake with each other and just enjoys and just sort of Catches up over the last couple of weeks, and just we feel that it's really important to invest in those relationships, and hopefully that helps on the pitch as well.
3: Do you bake the cakes or do you buy the cakes? To no, come we in? have
4: um, someone that specially oh. bakes them for us. I mean, okay. we have got an academy bake off going on at the moment, and there's some there's some flies in that. So <laughs> yeah, that
3: yeah. Who's judging that?
4: Um, there's some of the physios are judging it, but <laughs> okay. it was bread week last week, and we had some mean for catcher
1: coming. So yeah.
3: Oh, that sounds nice.
1: Alex, you, uh, the, the England squad is announced tomorrow. We are all expecting you to be in that squad. I mean, obviously, your priority at the moment is around your injury and, I guess, getting yourself back and, and playing again. But um, it's been a while since you played for England as well. So, assuming you, you're OK on the field against London Irish, assuming you've, you're selected tomorrow, you've got to be looking forward to this autumn as well.
4: Yeah, no, like, like you say, my first, first things first, get, my, get back on a pitch. Um, but, no, ultimately, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be playing at at international level. Unfortunately, I I got injured just with my knee just before Australia. So, but no, ultimately that's the goal for me and and hopefully I can be involved and sort of try and get that number eight shot.
3: Well, we can't wait to see you back out there. Um, All the very best for the rest of the season, Alice. Before you go, our regular listeners would know that we like to recognize the performances of players who we think have been outstanding this weekend.
0: Outstanding. (laughs) Supported by
4: Fuller's London Pride.
3: Who would your outstanding player be?
4: Um, I think I I watched the game Friday night, uh, Sale versus London Irish, and I think uh, Bevan Rod was um, outstanding. He got man of the match. Um, I think his work around the breakdown and obviously the bread and butter of the scrum, I thought he was outstanding, so... They're becoming a, a great team sell and and one to watch out this season and and Quins have got them next Sunday so it'll be a big challenge for the boys.
3: Bevan Roar's got one vote then, gents.
1: Steve, where are you going with your outstanding player over the weekend?
4: I think I'm going to go for
5: Ollie Lawrence, outstanding in in terms of the way that he's reacted. He's only been in Bath for two games. He got over half, I think, of Bath's meters made against Saracens. So I'm going with Ollie
0: Lawrence.
3: Okay, we'll save yours till later. Say nothing. Perfect. Um, Alex Donbrant, everyone. <laughs> Thank you Alex Really appreciate
0: that Don't forget You can also watch The full extended Video podcast At Londonpridebeer.co.uk Please drink responsibly
3: Okay Before we welcome Our next guest then uh, Let's have a quick look At a couple um, Of the other games This weekend Lawrence. Um, alex says men they continue their winning streak as alex just mentioned there Bevan Rod was man of the match beating london irish 37-14 what do you make of it
1: yes look sale have gone about their business very quietly you know alex anderson has taken his time has not he to get under the skin of what's going on up there no faf to clerk faf has left town and maybe i don't know there's a there's a slight rebalancing of their squad and he's doing really good things alex obviously as a saracen has come from that ethos he firmly believes that if the players get together off the field and they have that real connection and that unity, then that t- helps them on the field. And I, I really feel with Sale, they're a very defensively a very strong side. They always have been with Mike Forshaw in charge. Always been very physical, but not giving away the yellow and red cards this season. And I think what they have done is they've added another layer to their attacking game. I think they're a much better attacking side now. So I, I really do believe that Sale, I know it's only five rounds, but they are the real deal. You know, you beat Leicester... You know, you start to put together some really, really impressive performances. Not an easy place to go. They're even getting a few more people through the turnstiles at the AJ Bell. So I'm very, very impressed with what Alex Hardison's doing up at Sale.
5: They need to uh, teach their players how to take Man of the Match awards, don't they? I mean, uh, Bevan, I've never seen anybody so embarrassed he to was be named quite Man, shy, of, Man of the Match. Well, that's
1: quite he sweet. He's, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he Humble. should probably get used to it because he's a really, really good player. And it wouldn't be any surprise to see him named in Eddie Jones' squad uh, tomorrow when it's announced.
3: Okay, so Saturday then, Steve. We're kind of used to seeing high scoring, close games now in the Premiership this season, and it was that at Franklin's Gardens. Northampton just squeezing past Newcastle.
5: Yeah, sadly, I I predicted uh, Alex Mitchell's hat trick didn't quite materialise, but um, yeah, I think Phil Dowson said at the end he'd like to see them win by at least more than a score, and six of their seven games now have been decided by seven points or less. But um, the one person I would like to talk about in that game is Matteo Carreras and his try. Has everybody seen that try yet on social media? Mateo Carreras? Yep, it's been viewed now over half a million times and I think that kind of action, it's credit to Premier Rugby that they're putting out these clips now, but clearly the skill that he showed to take that ball from inside his own 22 and to run that full length of the pitch, you just watch it over and over again, it is absolutely fantastic. And I think that's what Newcastle are going to give you every time you watch them.
3: Absolutely. Okay, so Lawrence, um, one game that didn't take place this weekend was of course Exeter Wasps. Uh, Wasps that were suspended from the Premiership this week. I'm sure you've all read the headlines. They look to be heading into administration imminently. Lawrence, aside from what's been happening with the business side of things, it's obviously the players, the staff and, and the fans who are in our thoughts at the moment. We all know you're very passionate about the club and I know you've been really feeling it this weekend, haven't you?
1: I have been and and to be honest with you, you know, it's a very, very uh, sad time at the minute for for rugby and for Wasps and Worcester. You know, everyone is hurting and I genuinely believe that, um, you know, there's not a good outcome for anyone in this scenario. You know, our hearts go out to the players, staff and all the operational side of both clubs, the communities of both clubs, the fans of both clubs like yourselves here, you know, when one minute you've got rugby to watch and then, it's so much more than just a game of rugby. It's, you know, we all know how rugby is part of our lives, really, and what, and what it brings to us. So you know, there are opponents like Quinns who will no longer be playing the likes of Worcester and Was. So, no, there is no positive outcome, and I hate to say it. and At the moment, we probably don't need to say any more than that because the players, uh, staff and everyone are still coming to terms with what is happening, still trying to process that. You know, Will they be playing at Wass and Worcester next season? Will they be playing rugby in a few weeks time? Will they be able to find other clubs? I don't know. So I I think we just leave it there and uh, and let's see what happens in the the coming days ahead.
3: Yeah, sad, isn't it? Of course, we all hope that some positive steps can be taken by everyone involved in English rugby to uh, to get the game. We all love back to where it deserves to be because it is that on the field of play at the moment, isn't it? It's just not that off it, I guess. Okay, back to the positives now, though, and time to welcome our next guest from Harlequin's women is back role player Emily Robinson.
1: Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. We'll find out a bit more about your uh, own rugby journey in a moment. But first, I want to turn our attentions to uh, the Rugby World Cup that's going on down in New Zealand. Amazing amount of people tuning in across the TV uh, and the Red Roses obviously won there. 27th consecutive game on Saturday. That's seven run. Seven after run. a After a pretty emphatic opening match against uh, Fiji, they then came up against the French team and uh, it was a pretty tough game for them. Um, what are your thoughts on that performance and how things are going for the England uh, team out there at the moment?
2: I think they're obviously gunning to win, really. The, the favourites come into the competition. I think set-piece is something that's setting them apart. I think with a player like Amy Cocaine, especially on line-out, you're hitting back ball every time. You can play exactly the way you want to play, whereas I think France getting those 50-50 situations, lost a lot of their scrums, lost a lot of their line-out, kicking to compete a lot as well, which I thought wasn't always probably the best thing for them, to build the phases. But in the same breath, I thought France's defence was really strong. Like the fitness to go that long, have that little possession, and do that well, I thought was credit to them. It's just a shame they can't get more success. Five of your Quinn's teammates are out there now, am I right? Have you you spoken to them? I've been chatting to Lucy Packer quite a lot. Okay, how is she? Yeah, she's good. She's absolutely loving it. They went dolphin watching this Aww. morning, which is cool. That is class. So I think they're getting a lot of out of rugby. Obviously, playing in the World Cup's unbelievable, but some really good out of rugby experiences as well.
1: Listen, Emily, we, we want to understand your rugby journey. You started playing down in Hove Rugby Club um, yep. from the age of five, five, yeah. And you joined Quins here in 2017. Just talk to us a little bit about that initial journey from uh, down on the south coast there.
2: Yeah, so. Started playing at a really young age. So my dad was my brother's coach, went along with them. And then I played in the CV, which is our academy, which I currently now coach. So I've sort of gone full circle on that, but came in when I was 16, did that for two years. Then at 18, got invited into the senior squad and I've been in the senior squad ever since.
1: And who were the kind of inspirational players that would have inspired you or the people that you watched growing up that really kind of made you think, actually, I'd love to do that and I'd love to be playing international rugby or playing for a club rugby like that.
2: Yeah, I'd say my favourite player was probably Sebastian Chabal. <laughs> don't know if it was the hair, but it absolutely brilliant that. player. He was my nemesis, actually. Yeah, you two yeah, didn't like that. each other very much, well, did no, you? I liked, I liked him. I On just, the field I just, of play. Ne- I just
1: never played very well against oh, really? him. So he always got the better of me, actually, to but be honest. No, Do you know what, I'm though?
3: It's wrong. interesting that you say Sebastian was your favourite player growing up because what I love about this generation now, and I've got a daughter, she's 15, and I just love that in 10 years to come, we'll be asking, you know, girls that play rugby up here, who is your inspiration growing up? And they'll be saying you guys. And that's what I love about this generation, that they've got you guys to look up to, that they don't have to say
2: men in the men's game. Yeah, I completely agree. I think when I was 10, 12, I didn't know any women's players. So, you know, I probably only took rugby seriously from sort of 14, 15 and thought I can actually play. But just to know who was in the women's team, I had no idea. So, like you said, the doors of today can... Have people to look up to, I think that's important. It's brilliant, exciting.
1: A lot of people won't know this, your sister, is it Flo? Or? Flo, yep. Flo plays for the Exeter Chiefs, so when uh, Quinns are playing Exeter in the uh, Premiership for you guys, what, is that a split loties in, uh, in the household for your parents?
2: My parents love that game, it's sort of circled on the calendar. There's been a lot of chat this week. Uh, we're playing Exeter on Sunday at Sandy Park, so my parents are staying down the night before. They'll be camped up, ready to go. I think they just want both of us to do well. I don't think they pick a team. They've um, not got a favourite child,
3: is what you're saying, right? No, no. <laughs>
1: a try, each will do. Uh, and yeah. a draw, I guess. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. Uh, Emily, have
5: I, have I read it right that you're a trained carpenter? Is that correct?
2: I am, yes, yeah.
5: I've got a dodgy table at home. Could you, you come and sort the leg out? I not? get
2: so many questions like that. You so you? many questions, oh, yeah. Oh,
5: dear. I've just lived up to reputation. Do you still do that now, then, or not?
2: Yeah, so I work, currently work four days a week. So I usually work mornings, half seven to half twelve. Um, and then I coach as well. So I either coach and then come to training or go straight to training. See, I love that.
1: That is a proper, that's a proper experience. That is a proper journey. So credit to you for, for doing that. You were invited to be part of the Red Roses squad. Um, was it the wider squad that you, you, I mean, you had that experience? Yeah. What, what, was the, what was that feeling like for you to be part of that group? And has it left you wanting more? I guess it has, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think I was probably overwhelmed. I think I was in camp for over a year and a half. Unfortunately, never got a cap, never got an opportunity to play. Definitely learned a lot. I think if I work hard and hopefully get in again, I'll be in a better position to push on.
3: I know we want to talk about England, but I want to talk about the Allianz Premier's 15s as well, because I would like to know what your like, proudest moment or what your favourite
2: moment of your experience playing in that league has been so far. It has to be winning the Prem. I think it has to be winning the Prem. But every time I've played Chiefs, it's been quite special. Obviously, Flo playing. Probably playing here last year was probably one of my... I think it was last year, the season four, one of my best games. And that was against Chiefs. And I've just got a very fond memory of that. And obviously, at the Stoop, it's quite important to me to play here. So I loved your that.
3: reaction, when well, all your reactions when you won. Um, was it Gloucester, wasn't it? It was a Kingston where you, you lifted the title. It was just... I don't know, I was in tears, Sean O'Brien was in tears, everybody was in tears. It was a real special moment, so I felt the elation there. Um, Right, we're asking all our guests, before we let you go, we're asking all our guests to pick their outstanding player from the weekend's Premiership action. Out of all the games, who would your standout player be?
0: Outstanding. (laughs) Supported by Fuller's London Pride.
2: I think Jasper Vise. I think he's just an absolute warrior. Like solid every game, so physical. Seems to be built different. I think I'd go with him. Good choice.
1: And okay, if we were to put you on the spot and say who was the outstanding player from the Women's World Cup, doesn't have to be an English player. Could be a French player, I guess. Is there anyone that's really? She's
2: not going to pick a French player. She let's face no, to it. No, I'm going to pick an English player. <laughs> I think. From the last game, France game, I pick Amy Cocaine. I think she's hard as nails. You know she's going to do her job. Someone you want to follow, just so consistent. And her, especially in the line-out, you know, she just does something different for the team. So Amy Cocaine, I think. Brilliant.
3: Emily, thank you so much for joining us. We wish you all the very best for the rest of the season. Amy Robinson, everyone.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Amazing.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions.
0: The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio, Supported by Fuller's London Pride. Official
1: beer of Premiership Rugby. I think we are still waiting on Caden Murley, uh, who will be joining us shortly. How surely. long does it
3: take to have a shower?
1: Well, you know what the backs are like. They take a little bit longer, to be honest with you. But uh, he actually, I thought, was outstanding he today. He was good, wasn't he, today? Uh, and fingers crossed he gets uh, selected in Eddie Jones' squad uh, tomorrow. He's got every chance, I think.
3: Have any of you guys got questions you'd like to ask Lawrence?
4: I just want to know, what would you prefer? Would you rather go to a 10-team league or would you rather include the Welsh teams, you know, pull them out
1: and join the premiership?
3: Look at his face when you said include the Welsh teams. God, that's so rude. Uh, You've got issues, you have.
1: I think there's obviously a lot of pain and heartache going across the rugby landscape at the moment. I've been involved in professional rugby ever since the game went professional. I I was one of the first players in 1995 to give up my job and accept a professional contract. And I think we all knew then, well, we didn't really know what we were doing, if I'm honest with you. No one knew how many hours to train a day. No one knew how many days a week to train. We were kind of, you know, just finding our way. And to be honest, the game has kind of been doing that ever since it ever went professional. And um, I don't think the model has ever been fixed right from the start. And we've just been kicking the can down the road ever since. Now, there's lots of words banded around in. In rugby, like player welfare, like structured season, like financial stability, all of these things. And they are words, but I think what we now need to do, this needs to be a moment in time where we actually do something about it. Clearly, the game needs a structured season. You know, clearly, players need to be looked after. We need to hear the voice of the players as much as that. There needs to be a coming together of the RFU and PRL. And there needs to clearly be financial transparency across the league. So all of these things are... Easy to say, but I think we now need to do something about it um, and genuinely do something about it because uh, otherwise I'm not sure what rugby union club level is going to look like in, uh, in 12 months' time.
5: This is a watershed moment for the game, isn't it? Without doubt. I mean, we are very close. I think if we say it loud enough, they might hear us. But do you think the RFU should do more to help out the club game?
1: Well, listen, I I think first and foremost, one has to look at the England rugby team and work out whether the the structure and shape of the season is, you know, suits club and and the professional game. It's always club v country, isn't it? And the RFU will do what they need to do to ensure that they get the players for the time that they need them and that they can obviously provide and create a very strong, successful and sustainable international game. But... uh, you know, for me, the RFU have got this very difficult situation where they, you know, they're the governing body of the professional game and they run the, the community game as well. And the community game, let's be honest, is 99% of rugby in this country. And the professional game is only a very small percentage. So I think that is a, uh, uh, an argument which, which will run and run and run. But for me, the relationship between PRL and the RFU needs to become a much stronger one.
3: I've got a question for you, Lawrence. What's that? How are you still going after celebrating your son's 21st birthday last night?
1: (laughs) So yes, my son son Enzo was uh, 21 uh, yesterday. We may have had a little party last night. You might sound, my voice is a little bit gravelly. I'll just let you into a little uh, secret about my son. He played at Richmond Rugby Club. I turned up just after I retired in 2008. And uh, on the sideline was uh, a very young Lewis Liner and a very young Jack Leonard. And my son played in the same uh, Richmond rugby team as Lewis Liner and and Jack Leonard. And you can imagine the poor father whose job it was to coach those under eights then. uh, Literally on the touchline was uh, myself, Jason and Michael Liner. And we went, see how you get on with those three. (laughs) And uh, talk about being a chip off the old block because um, Lewis Liner, even then was uh, long blonde hair, he could spiral kick off both feet, he could spin pass off both hands. You knew then that he was a very talented rugby player. Jack Leonard, Jason's son, went around punching every other child, right, and was sent to the naughty step very, very quickly. Enzo dalalio basically spent the whole game cheating. Right? <laughs> he was pulling tags off of everyone, not giving them back. And, and hiding them all over the pitch. So Like father, like son. Then. Absolutely yeah. like father, like son. But what I will share with you is one of my favourite rugby memories of my life, and I have many, was for the first time having the opportunity to take my son away on rugby tour, right? Because having been a professional rugby player, my weekends have, n- have never been my weekends, right? They've been playing rugby every single weekend. And that, you know, I just wanted to be a dad for the weekend and be able to do the things that dads do. So I took my son Enzo off to Oxford and Bicester, Harlequins, I think. We went off on a 75 dads, mum's 75 lads. And I think it was the under 12s, I think Enzo was in by then. We had the most amazing couple of days, as we all do when we go on tour. And when we came back, my wife picked me up from the rugby club Richmond. And Enzo comes running off the bus and he goes and hugs his mum. And he says, mum, that was the best two days of my life. And she's obviously slightly pissed off by that because <laughs> she's going, your father's been missing an action for 15 years and, and you turn around and say, that's the best two days of your yeah, life. I get it. I then get off the bus, okay, and I'm looking slightly worse for wear, still carrying a pint of beer. And she looks at me and she looks at Enzo and she said, what time did your dad get in last night? And Enzo, very nervous, looks at me, looks at mum and goes, mum, what goes on tour stays on tour. <laughs> uh... I went. That's my boy. I, said,
3: <laughs> I bet you did.
1: I, said, he is a I bet player. you did.
3: <laughs> okay, guys. Um Let's wrap up the rest of the weekend's action then. Lawrence um, West Country derby at Home this weekend. It was a really, really, really good game.
1: It was a good game, man. Uh, Bristol uh, have been struggling of late. And Pat Lamb's trying to find reasons why they're not going so well. You know, they won their first three games of the season. Then they lost to the Falcons. Then they got absolutely punched in the nose really by Exeter Chiefs and I thought they played probably the best they played I think the introduction of Andy Uren at scrum half uh, coming off the bench I thought he played magnificently and they nearly nearly did enough to win the game it was a really high octane game I think the ball in play time was over 45 minutes which is incredible they were really struggling and uh, listen Gloucester have kind of just got themselves over the line. They were they were very, very impressive too. So, yeah, I think both sides will take a lot from that. Gloucester five points, Bristol two points, but Pat Lamb unhappy with not winning, but probably feeling slightly happier with the performance.
3: Steve, let's go to the Stonex then. Um, Saracens Bath, Saracens took it, 37 points to 31 but four tries apiece. Now, I'm not sure many would have called that before kickoff.
5: No, no. Uh, a very, very scrappy, I think, performance by Saracens overall. I think they were lucky, really, at the penalty count, which was 14 to Bath, and uh, Saracens only conceded five penalties, and that made all the difference. But, um, I mean, I've already picked him out as my outstanding player. But, I mean, Ollie Lawrence, 254 metres just outstanding but if you get the chance again another clip that's doing the rounds on social media is owen farrell catching up with max ajomo at the end and just showing that turn of pace stopping potentially a try winning score for bath i think owen farrell's warming up nicely for the autumn internationals
1: well let's get on to uh, our next guest and uh, we saw him in action earlier on he scored two tries today he played exceptionally well in a tough performance for quinn's Let's give a huge Quinn's welcome to Kate and Murley.
3: My first question is, how long does it take to shower, Kate and uh, Yeah,
7: I know, I'm, my <laughs> mum always says it to me. She said, I can't believe you agreed to do that. You're going to be the last one out.
3: <laughs> Where's your mum, is she here? Ages, you were right, so right.
1: Um, congratulations, and thank you for producing such an outstanding son, by the way. <laughs> and, and, dad, father, and dad, and <laughs> dad. I know, but... You've got to be careful what you say now, haven't you? Your yeah. over there. Uh, listen, we, we, let's go straight into the game because it, you would have preferred, much preferred to sit here having won the game, obviously. Yeah. It's a tough day at the office today. I mean, sometimes you've got to hold your hands up and say, everything we did today, it just didn't happen for us. And, you know, Leicester were very good today, weren't yeah,
7: they? Yeah, 100%. Leicester had their game plan and they came hard at our breakdown and their line speed and put us under pressure and we didn't adapt well enough. And that's what you've got to do. We obviously had an off week last week but no excuses. We came out into this and we, we were excited. We were ready to put our game out on the park. But credit to Leicester, they stopped everything we tried to do.
3: A Brace of tries, though, for your good self. You look like you're loving life on the rugby pitch at the moment. Yeah, it's
7: nice just to get on the end of it. I think when you've played with people for so long, you get partnerships and you know when they're going to throw it and stuff. So, yeah, getting on the end of it is always nice.
3: Which kind of leads me to my next question, because you came through the academy here. So you've yeah. got like like quite close bonds with, with a few of the boys, yeah, right? Definitely. Does that... Does that make it kind of easier? Does that make your job easier in the field of play when you do know so much about them on and off the field?
7: I think the best thing is it makes just playing fun firstly and secondly when things aren't going right you can have those honest conversations because you've got that friendship and those relationships in, in behind and nothing's personal, we can speak to each other and give each other feedback, negative or positive and people can take it on board a lot easier so I think that's the best thing, we've got such a big squad of people coming through the academy and we're all pretty young still, I think people forget that you look at our back line, the likes of Marcus
1: March, me, Luke Northmore, we're still, we're still pretty young. So oh, we're that's still... so depressing isn't it? <laughs> yeah. when, uh, when you have a performance like that, what's the typical Week next week will you will you guys obviously you need to rest and recover and the bodies will be very very sore because it was a tough game. Do you have the analysis tomorrow? Or is it will it be on Monday morning and you sit down and have those honest conversations and go this is what we could have done better. This is what we will have to do next time. So all the clips will be sent out by tomorrow. Everyone will look over their individual
7: game. We'll have a day off tomorrow, just recovering. Come in on Tuesday and all our analysis will be done then. You'll have your one-on-one with the coaches. You'll meet in your group. So back three, you'll have a group. The attack drivers, the scrum drivers, they'll talk about their stuff and they'll have their own individual reviews like in, in those groups. So, yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow, obviously, there. But there's lots of learnings because Sale will come again next week, exactly the same as Leicester did.
5: Will there be some analysis at home tonight when you get back with Marcus Marcus Smith who, still share a place with him, do you? He's
7: actually just moved out. He's Has moved he? out. He's just moved. out. Literally on Monday he moved out. So you got rid of him. He's bought his mansion and he, he's <laughs> he's left me to it. So <laughs> yeah, it's just me the and house. That was at my moment. next question. You're How
3: re- big is Marcus Smith's house? Uh, like? Yeah,
7: I haven't actually been. Who, who does, who's
1: been doing all the cooking at your in your place then?
7: We're we're pretty good at mixing it up, to be oh. fair. But I'd say I, I do most of it, yeah, and exactly. he he usually washes He'll be up. Straight
1: on the phone, coming back yeah, round. Again. Exactly.
7: <laughs> brilliant
3: any phone calls from eddie jones yet ahead of tomorrow
7: yeah i've had a few chats and I've had a few okay. texts, so yeah i've just i've got things to work on and gonna keep working on them and hopefully push towards it because that's the end goal Exciting.
1: Yeah, as well listen i mean in a losing side you got on the score sheet twice i mean you, you, your own form you must be pleased with your own form i mean i know we don't like to talk aren't i playing well but the reality is you are playing well we can say that and you are you're on you're scoring tries you're in a side that gives you the freedom to really express yourself
7: yeah exactly and that's the best thing about quins we always stick to our dna in every game and obviously as a winger it's pretty exciting because you get the ball a lot more than other teams and yeah getting on the score sheet is always nice and yeah having this nice run of form i'm enjoying it
5: uh, i'm actually sorry i'm actually glad that your your dad is here because we had um, we had mike brown on the podcast earlier yeah. in the season and i actually was a bit worried that he might you might be his love child because he's he talks so fondly <laughs> about you and everything that you do I mean, how much of an influence, obviously, both from Salisbury Rugby Club? Yeah, both Salisbury boys. Yeah, so how much of an influence was he on you when you were coming through the ranks?
7: Oh, he was brilliant, brilliant with me. And Brownie gets a lot of hate, but when he's working with young players, the likes of me, Lewis Liner, Lennox, he really took us under his wing and really helped us develop our games because. When I first came in, I was a centre. I'd never played in the back three before, really. And he took me under his wing and all the analysis helped me one-on-ones. He still sends me texts after the game being like, what were you thinking here, mate? So he still holds me to it. But yeah, he was a brilliant, brilliant person to learn off because obviously he was the best in the world for years and years at what he did.
5: Yeah, will he, will he be sending you a text saying what happened at the end there when you're going for the hat trick and you run <laughs> out of gas?
1: <laughs> I know, I know. So <laughs> close. Get a hat trick. Sarah comes from a rugby family. I know when I was playing, my mum and dad used to watch every game that I played and the first debrief face staff was with my mum she told me what I did well what I didn't do so well on the field do you have a bit of a debrief with mum and dad after the game and they
7: yeah mum's always happy and she's always smiling no matter the result but my dad your mum
3: is very glamorous (laughs) she's very very glam
7: (laughs) and then my dad's definitely the one I go to he'll send me a long message after the game and I'll read it and (laughs) take his advice he was my coach from when I was about three up all the way up until I was 18 at school so he's been with me the whole way and obviously knows when I've had a good game or not
3: I get really emotional when people say oh, know, that you know when someone's made it and they say my dad coached me all the way up I always yeah. get really emotional anyway um, so seven tries so am I right five before today and two I don't it? know
7: yeah I think so oh yeah. you <laughs> must count them Caden no seven. yeah six or seven I think, your dad yeah. will
3: know is it seven tries now this season yeah, yes he yeah. counts every seven, one of them seven. Um, do you practice some of those finishes in training because they're quite impressive.
7: The only time I've ever practiced finishing is when Hugh Tizard was here, he had this horrible habit of sliding in feet first. <laughs> so we tried to coach him out of that habit. So we did a few little finishes there. But no, it just it's one of those things like last week or the last, last game against Northampton, when I scored that, I had no clue if I'd finished that or not. I kind of sat off, I didn't know if I was in touch or whatever. It just comes instinctively, I think.
3: Before we let you go, Caden, um, we do this feature on the podcast, outstanding player of the weekend's Premiership action.
0: Outstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supported by Fuller's London Pride.
3: Who would you pick as the best player in the rugby you've seen in the Premiership this weekend?
7: Ollie Lawrence. Oh, Without a doubt, Oli Lawrence. He was unbelievable and it's great to see him carving up and enjoying his rugby again. He's, yeah, I've played with him a few times and he's a freak. He's an absolute <laughs> freak and yeah, it was really nice to see him play really well.
3: You haven't said yours yet. Who's your outstanding player? Do you know what?
1: I guess I'll go for a player from today's game because I really enjoyed today's game in a funny sort of way. I mean, uh, obviously I was saying lovely things about Leicester because they played brilliantly and uh, I think the back row was outstanding right across the board and I think I named him as the Gallagher Premiership player of the match but I think Tommy Rafael In terms of a player's development, we love seeing players develop. He's been a player that's trajectory has been up and up and up. He's worked really hard to get in the Wales squad, got himself capped. He's, He's now come back to Leicester, an international player. And rather than sit back and just sort of, you know, enjoy that, he's actually really moved his game on. So I think for me in what was a very, very competitive area today. We highlighted the two back rows. Yeah. He was outstanding, so Tommy Raffel.
3: Okay, quick look then ahead of next weekend. Just one word answers, if you like. Let's go. Um, London Irish, Gloucester, Steve. Who are you going for there? Uh,
5: Gloucester for that one, I think. Still building on, uh, looking immensely strong. Yeah, definitely Gloucester.
3: I'm going to ask you, Bath, Northampton. It's at the rack. A- at the, wreck. At the rack.
5: If they played the way they played
7: against Sarries, I can see Bath doing a job, but obviously yeah, Northampton, if it's dry, they can chuck it about as well.
3: Extra Saracens? Ooh. That's I guess, one, uh, Sandy,
1: Park. Sandy Park. Good guess. Sandy Park. Well, no love lost between these two, is yeah. there really? It's, uh, it's going to be a tasty game. Right here, right now, I want to be in the Saracens dressing room. If I'm Ooh, honest,
3: with you. You know? well, I just—I okay. mean, look,
1: I'm just looking at it from a when you're gearing up towards an international season, you know, you want to be playing your best rugby, right? And these—and a lot of these England players are playing for Saracens, and they're about to hit top form. So, the best—the best way to do that is to play like a test match level this weekend. So, I think, yeah, it's gonna be very tough, but I think Saris.
3: Uh, sale Harlequins, Steve, very quickly.
1: I knew you were going to come to me on this one. I've got to say Harlequins, haven't I? Bounce
3: I'll back away, win.
5: Caden winning try. Although I jinxed Alex Mitchell last week, so i better <laughs> not do that.
3: You'll get three next week. You'll get the third. Yeah. Okay, Caden, um, we're going to get a couple of questions from um, the audience before we go to Lawrence's quick five questions. Anyone got a question?
1: Great game today, but I think what I wanted to know is when you come against like Leicester today and they had a great defence, What's going through your mind during the game or how to try and break that down? Because it just felt whatever you did, you couldn't get left, you couldn't get right, you couldn't go through the middle.
7: So what was the chat on the pitch? It was pretty frustrating, but obviously you saw us try and put a few chips in because a team that comes in with line speed, there's that big, big disconnect between the front line and the backfield. So we put a few few little chips in to try and halt that a little bit and get them second guessing. Apart from that, we just need to be a step deeper, try and play around them. And when we actually got the ball into that second receiver's hand with a bit of time, the likes of Tommy Allen throw, and lovely passes. Nick David came on and injected some pace in those wide channels. So we just need to be better at adapting to playing teams like this.
3: Any more questions from the floor, guys? Or oh, behind you, long?
7: When you saw Nandolo came on and uh, he went to march and swing, how big of a sigh of relief did you breathe? Yeah, he's a pretty big boy. But the thing is, Leicester use him well. They move him everywhere. So Marcus likes to swap out into the backfield when he's on weirdly. so. <laughs> but no, you, you've just got to embrace it and just hope you can trip him up
0: in some way, shape or form.
3: <laughs> no flies on Marcus. Okay, Lawrence. Yes. Your favourite bit.
0: Tackled. <laughs> Supported by Fuller's London Pride.
1: We ask all of our guests your full name. Caden Murley. Caden Murley. No middle names, my way. No dad. middle names. No, no. no. Keep yeah. it simple. like it. Mm-hmm. Favourite takeaway? Uh, any form of sushi. 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 Um, celebrity crush?
7: Anna de Armas. Ooh, nice. You've, You've seen the new Bond film, yeah. Who's that? People googling that now as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But what was the last movie you watched? Just Mercy, it was called. Just Amazon Mercy. Amazon Prime, yeah. What was
3: that yeah. about?
1: It was a, like a courtroom drama kind oh, of thing. Oh, I like yeah, a courtroom quite good, drama. Yeah. Yeah. Two-hour journey home for you, sir. I know. Oh my god! What did you have for breakfast? What What do you have? Game day breakfast?
7: I had a uh, smoked sam cream cheese, and avocado bagel. Oh, <laughs> check you out. Ooh, that's proper. <laughs> that's proper posh as well. <laughs> what is your nickname? Uh, Shin. 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 Yeah. Shin. Shin. Just Shin. Okay. So when I was younger in the academy, I, I'm not the best kicker. So everyone would used to say I used to kick with my shin and it literally just stuck.
5: Are you sure it's shin? Shin. sure it's not something else?
7: No. <laughs> what is the
1: best advice that you have been given, would you say? Oh. Wow, that's a tough one.
7: Um, Just focus on yourself. Don't let the social media so big nowadays. Don't let what other people are saying about you try and take over. So I told you that. (laughs) (laughs) Told you. Just focus on your own game. Sar's been getting a bit of hate on social media (laughs) as have I. uh, Today I
1: am. I'm going to take that bit of advice and see from Caden. Who is the most famous person in your phone book? Probably pretty boring.
7: Probably like a Joe Marler or Danny Kerr.
1: Danny Kerr, Joe (laughs) Marler. Who would play you in the film about your life? Oh, you gotta back yourself, don't you? Don't say
3: you haven't thought about this. Let's go you? for
1: like uh, Channing Tatum. <laughs> oh, that is yourself. a very good, <laughs> call. good boy. Um, who is the uh, funniest person that you know? Who's the funniest person in the Queen's dressing room? Nick David. Is he? I don't think he
7: knows. Right, some, he's a bit of a weird fish, but he is hilarious.
3: What makes him so funny?
7: He's got a very dry sense of humour and just okay. some of the things he comes out of in
1: situations, it's just, it's just bizarre, but very funny. Okay, that's Good cool. man. Uh, are you a dog or cat person? Dog. 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 Uh, and Sarah's got about 20 karaoke songs, but what's your... F- I what, do love
3: a
7: karaoke. What's,
1: what's your favourite... I mean, what's go your go-to to karaoke song? When you, when you get cat for England.
7: <laughs> yeah, what song <laughs> will I sing? Oh, I don't know. Um... I'll go for a rule of the world, but i take that.
3: Yes, Easy. Peyton. <laughs> Easy. <Exactly. laughs> See, take that on Backstreet Boys. You yeah, cannot lose. You can't go wrong. No. You can't go
7: wrong. Um, okay. So go. Last couple.
1: Favourite TV show? Just because I've just watched it. The Capture on BBC, if anyone's seen good that. boy, like that. What superhero would you most like to be? Oh, I'd have to say the Hulk. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> and who, in your eyes, is the best rugby player of all time? Who was the person that really captivated your attention when you were growing up? Probably like a Christian Cullen. Oh, oh top, top top The way he counter and all that. Yeah, I really like that. Brilliant. And uh, I think I know the answer to this question. What was your proudest Premiership moment? It's got to be winning the title. Yeah, winning the title. That oh, COVID listen, year. was amazing. They yeah. enjoyed that
3: <laughs> as well. Caden, thank you so much. Oh, We're oh, going to let you. you go back to your family thank now, you very as much. your teammates. Round of applause to Caden, please. Thank you, thank Caden. You. Yes, thank Caden. you. Caden. <laughs> Okay, so that's it then. That's all for this special episode of the Rugby Podcast. Our thanks to everyone here Harlequins. Thank you, guys. Thanks and for uh, making us so welcome.
1: And thanks for sticking around. Uh, you know, I know it's a tough ask after a game like that. Uh, and thank you also to Fuller's London Pride.
3: And a big thank you to our special guests, Alice Brand, Emily Robertson, and Caden Murley. A round of applause for them, please.
1: Absolutely. And don't forget that you can watch the full episode of this podcast at londonpridebeer.co.uk.
3: But from Lawrence, Steve, and myself, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio, supported by Fuller's London Pride, official beer of Premiership Rugby. Support with Pride.